Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Ramsey personality Christina Ellis, joined today by my fellow Ramsey personality and friend Rachel Cruz. We're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. Give us a call. Let's chat. First up, we've got Aaron calling from Tampa, Florida. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. How are you? Just peachy. Well, I'm calling because I have a little bit of a dilemma in regard to what I want to do for my further education. So to give a little bit of backstory, I have two associate's degrees and a professional certification in aircraft maintenance, which is, as far as I know, Aaron, as, as far as I've determined so far, my dream career. And I, in the process of getting this degree, my father got a, a benefit from the V8 where I would be afforded the opportunity to go to a four-year degree, a uh, bachelor's degree, completely paid for. But what I'm coming into now is I've, I'm working part-time as a mechanic and I'm loving the work and I do my schoolwork and I, my eyes glaze over. I have zero motivation. I go into work and I'm bright eyed and bushy tailed. And it feels like because this opportunity is available and free that I'm squandering it by not taking it. So I'm not sure if I should drop out and continue need, on with the career. Do you need the degree to do what you want to do? I do not. Uh, I have, I, I have had these certifications to do what I want to do for about four years now. Then I would love to know Christina's thoughts. I'm like, then leave, Aaron. Drop out of school. You're fine. You have the qualifications of what you need to go make money doing what you love. And just because something is free doesn't mean that it's a good deal for you. I mean, you know, it's awesome that you had the opportunity. And I'm sure a lot of people would love that. But in your specific situation, you don't need it. And so there's no... There's no point unless it's furthering your education for you to use a certification later on in the same fee. You know, you, you can keep going on with that. But if it's not, what, what are you getting the degree in? General business administration. Uh, just just be, just, just for the heck of it, you know, because it was because the opportunity came. Essentially, yeah. I figured it wouldn't hurt if I go into the future and I have it. But at the same time, I have no motivation to continue. Uh, I've been working in a small business for six years at this point. Yeah. How much, how much school do you have left? Two more years in the four year. I already, again, I have two associates and I could, if I drop out, I could go into a job tomorrow making $35 an hour. Well, and you are the example of why the four year degree is not everything. We are all about people getting an education so that they can reach the career that they want. But you've already done that. It's not like you're somebody who doesn't have an education and you can't reach the the dream job. You have two associate's degrees. You got your certifications and you're working your dream job. And whenever you go back to college, let's say you do that four-year degree, there's still ROI on that. And if it's not going to, you know, increase your your pay in your current job and your dream field, you also could be losing the opportunity to spend more hours working in the job that you love, building more credibility, advancing your career. And so just I think there's a little bit of that feeling of it's what I should do, right? It's what America says is the path that you have to go to be successful. You have to get a four-year degree. You have to do that. And that's just, that's not true. And especially since it's free, that pressure feels like, oh gosh, then I, there's no option. I I have to take this because it's free. And it feels like 
yeah, that you that you have to for some reason, right? With the pressure Christina was saying. So do you do you have outside pressure? Like you said it was through your dad. Does he is he kind of pushing that narrative that you need to go back to school? He was for a while. I talked to him about it yesterday and he said he'd support me either way I go. And my significant other feels the same way. She's she said, Do your dream, you don't you don't act the same on the days you do go to school versus the days you work. Uh, the days I go to school, I'm, I'm just bitter and negative and it's just not a good, not a good time for me. So, yeah. yeah. And I, and I wouldn't base this decision off of your emotions in the moment because it's short. It's, it's a, you know, it's a fairly short amount of time. Right. So if you, even if you had to grind it out for two years and you were miserable in those days, you'd get through it and then you'd have your degree and you could keep going. But the reason it's not, I'm, I'm saying this not because you're not happy on days that you're going to school, but because you just don't need it, Aaron. Like you just don't, you don't need it. So I would, I would drop out and, and thank your dad, be gracious, be grateful because of his service. So tell him, thank you for his service from us because of his service. You know, you were given that opportunity and that you're grateful for it. But, but the course of your life, Aaron, yeah, you don't, you don't need it. So And what's so interesting, I posted something the other day about student loans on Instagram, and I had several comments from people where they were like, I went into so much debt, and I'm not even using my degree, and yet I have friends who didn't go to college in a four-year school, and they're making six figures. They're doing amazing, and they have zero student loan debt. So we really have to buck up against this idea that everyone has to get a four-year degree, that everyone needs to go to school, that it is the ticket, that it is the key that's going to make you successful because that's not, that's just not true. We love education. I love, obviously, I help people go to school debt-free. I built my career on that, but I'm still not going to say that it's for everyone. Yeah. We need mechanics. We need people who are in the trades, who are working hard, and who, like, we literally depend on every day. And so I think you are such a great example, Aaron, of somebody who who doesn't necessarily need a four-year degree. I think actually that could potentially be kind of a waste of time and potentially not ROI. That's the that's the feeling that I have been feeling as well, that I, I could be making more money and getting the experience needed to further my career. It was just hard for me to rationalize that. Like, oh, it's only two more years. Oh, I'll, I'll have it in the end. I can do, if something happens, and I could do something else. But it's I can't really see myself using the degree in, in the future. Well, it's a good question. And I think that it's wise for you to work all the way through it. Because for some people, like you said, Rachel, there are situations where people just aren't motivated. School sometimes can be not fun. And ultimately, in the long run, they need to push through in order to get to that dream career. There are situations where it's just it's just not going to be fun. You have to go to class, maybe chemistry or t- trigonometry. It's not going to be the most exciting thing, but it's a means to an end. So For sure, if you are looking into a career where you need that degree and you feel grumpy when you go to class, you may just need to push through it. Like that's just, you know, I've had classes in college that I didn't enjoy that I went to anyways. However, that does not mean that's true for everyone. I love this question, this stop in the moment and go, hey, is this necessary? Is a degree necessary for all of you who are about to go to college or especially for people who are thinking about grad school? It's really important to sit down and look at the numbers, look at the long-term ROI. Is this degree worth it? Is it going to pay off? It could be yes, but don't just blindly go just because you feel like it's the right next step that you quote unquote should do. Give us a call at 888-825-5225. We'll be right back. This is The Ramsey Show. 
Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. We're all feeling the strain of inflation these days, but I want you to know you can still have financial peace even when the prices of groceries are rising through the roof. That's why I'm going on the Building Wealth Tour live with Dave and our team of personalities. Join us as we share the proven plan for your money so you can build wealth and have peace no matter what's going on in the economy. On February 16th, we'll be in Indianapolis with Dave Ramsey, George Camel, and Jade Warshaw. Next, the tour is heading to Austin on February 23rd with Dave Ramsey, Ken Coleman, John Deloney, and Jade Warshaw. On April 24th, catch me, Dave Ramsey, George Camel, in Salt Lake City. And our final stop of the tour is in Anaheim on May 2nd with Dave, Ken Deloney, and me. Tickets start at $49, or you can get a pack of four tickets starting at $175. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash events to reserve your seats now. And, Jay, or, um, and I'll be in Indianapolis. I'm like, where am I they going? They left you off. <laughs> and Salt Lake City. I'll be there. Yes. I know. <laughs> I forgot all Rachel Cruz is going to be is gonna be on the road, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these well, are these are on today. these are really fun events, though they really are. Dave does a great keynotes at the beginning, really showing the landscape of what building wealth looks like over time, and even taking his learning from history of like okay, what works, what doesn't work, and then we all get to sit kind of panel style and talk about current events, like what is going on in the world, how do you build wealth literally in 2023 with everything going on and so it is it's a really it's a it's a really fun event it's kind of a different format than what we usually do but we've done it i guess for two seasons now on the road so uh yeah it's great it's so important too because we're coming out of this season where crypto is huge and all these different investment schemes and ideas and tiktok hacks we're big and now we have inflation and a lot of fear. So to be able to come to cities and speak life and truth and hope is just really powerful. Yeah, that's a great point because I'm like, you know, you think about this time last year when we were in the spring, it was, it was crypto, the housing market, people were freaked out about, you know, we thought it was gonna be a big, you know, people thought mm-hmm. it was gonna be a bubble. And then you fast forward 12 months and it's a totally different set of issues. Now it's, so it's eggs and it's how, it's how <laughs> chickens, quick, how quick things change. It's pretty wild. So, yeah, so we're come, excited. come join us. We're ready to chat with y'all. Have that conversation. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Next up, we have Matthew calling from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hey, Matthew, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. How can we help? Thanks. Uh, I just want to let you guys know that I am 19 years old. I am graduating undergrad in May, uh, completely debt-free. Woohoo! Um, and I had some questions uh, about what I'm going to do after that. Um, so I've been accepted to medical school, um, and that's looking like it's going to be about a $250,000 adventure all in, right? 
Mm. Um, I do have some savings. Um, it's not really in that ballpark. Um, and I've applied to a lot of scholarships, um, but that will at most cover about a hundred grand of, of that adventure. Um, so my parents have offered to help and they've given me a couple different ways that they, uh, that they've offered to help me. And I'm just wondering which of these would be best for me, um, and kind of my future financial self. Okay. Let's, let's walk through it. All righty. First, um, they told me that they would be able to pay for my rent throughout the whole time there. So that'd be about 11 or $1,200 a month, or they could take out a mortgage. Um, and, and they could, um, maybe, uh, I would have to cash out all of my savings. Um, but they would be willing to pay for everything else, um, pay the mortgage that they can afford independently. Um, and then after I'm out of medical school, we could sell that house. And instead of having paid that money in rent, um, I would have uh, built equity in the house. And I can apply that money uh, to what will be my student loans there. Okay. This mortgage, would that be on their primary house? Uh, yes, it would. Um, they are just about ready to pay off their house, uh, actually. Um, and it's something that they can't afford within the range of guidelines. I don't know that we'd ever really recommend taking out a mortgage to pay for college. So that's that wouldn't be in the Ramsey guidelines. And I also would say they can't really afford that. Um, we want them to pay off their house and build wealth for their sake. Um, and, and college for parents is, is paying for college. That's that's optional. So first, we're going to want to protect their retirement. And if they have to take a mortgage to pay for college, they can't. They can't afford it. Okay. Um, so tell uh, us. Yeah. Uh, so you're 19 and you just graduate. You're about to graduate from undergrad. Yes. That's I, amazing. I've done scholarships so far, um, and just kind of going through on, on the borrowed future plan there, um, and, and looking and seeing uh, just all that stuff has been really inspiring. I'm doing everything I can to sort of eliminate as much debt uh, from my future life as I can. Yeah. How did you go to undergrad debt free? Uh, so actually, there was a program here, um, and I was able to get through two years early. Um, uh, I had really high ACT scores uh, as a as a sophomore in high school, um, and so they paid for my first two years of college. Um, because I chose to stay in state, um, they told me they'd pay for the rest of it as well. Your parents would? Uh, no, uh, the, the actual school. I got I got full ride scholarship. That's great, Matthew. That's wonderful. Okay, so medical school's coming up. And if I wrote down it correctly, you had a, you you have a hundred thousand dollars towards it, correct? With um, scholarships, they're about okay. And so that means you you would have a hundred and fifty thousand dollars left to to pay for school, correct? Because it's two hundred fifty thousand total. And you mentioned some savings. How much is the savings? Uh, so the savings actually uh, would be part of that one hundred fifty thousand dollars that I have um, there. So I've got thirty thousand dollars in savings. Um, $40,000 in savings, rather, and, and about um, uh, a potential for about $100,000 in scholarships. Um, but that's still up in the air as of right now. That's wonderful. I just want to stop for a second and say, good job. Like, the fact that you already have that savings, the fact that you already have scholarships lined up, you're you're killing it so far. So <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I also want to highlight, like, you sound brilliant. Like, the fact that you've already done all this, you're graduating at 19, I love that you have $100,000 in scholarships, but why stop there? You know, yeah, with medical school, there are, there are a lot of ways we can get that paid for. I've seen a lot of your all's guidance on MD, PhD programs, um, and, and like uh, some stuff with the Army. Um, both of those programs, well, the MD, PhD actually isn't offered at my school, right? Um, and, and so that's something that's not on the table for me. Um, and uh, I'd really like to be able to stay in Kentucky with my family. Uh, and so that's not really something that I can do uh, with the Army route. Um, 
So yeah, I would challenge uh, that, Matthew. Matthew, I'll 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 challenge that though because if you had a program that would pay for you to go to medical school in Indiana, would you not take that just to be near your family? Um, perhaps, but but it's not a decision that like at 19 years old, I, I'm not ready to to sign the next seven years of my life after medical school away. You know, so after four years of medical school, they require seven years of service um, where they can move me here, there, yonder. Well, we're even um, talking about the MDPH. Sorry, program. yeah, not 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 military. I was talking about the other program. Oh um, no, I've actually already been accepted to one program, um, and, and that was um, part of the the conditional for acceptance was um, that I could only apply to their program, um, and they had some of the best tuition rates out there. Um, and, and plus, um, I've done some stuff that's very similar to MDPHD, some research stuff like that, um, and, and it's really not up my alley there. So. Um, so was it an early decision program where you signed like a binding agreement saying you wouldn't apply somewhere else or, or what, what did that look like? Yes, pretty much. That, that was it. And, and with that, you kind of made the commitment on the front end that you would go to that school no matter what the finances looked like? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. So with this scholarship allocation, is that like a certain amount each year or is that like you have $100,000 to spend, you know, paying for each uh, year as you go? That would be a uh, certain amount each year, um, and it would be only be applicable to the tuition part of it, I believe. So how much do you have left to make up for the first year? For the first year, um, probably uh, about, uh, with my savings, about $30,000, and it would probably take me about, about zero savings. About zero savings. Okay. So then I, I'm, if I'm in your shoes and I've made that commitment, then I am applying to scholarships like crazy. You did say your parents can help out some. If they can help out without taking a mortgage out, that's great. Um, but at this point, with the fact that you've committed, you got to just hustle and figure out how to find that money. If it's not a binding commitment, then I would encourage you to look at other programs because you are brilliant and you have the chance of getting a full ride somewhere else. We'll be right back. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. We're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. Today's question of the day comes from Ashley in Boston. I'm a 21-year-old full-time student and will graduate at the end of this year. I have about $18,000 in debt on a car and I have $20,000 in savings. I do not have any other kind of debt. I also have a credit card that I use to get access to online textbooks, and these sites only accept credit cards. I want to do the baby steps, but should I wait until I graduate to get rid of my car, loan, and credit card? Mm, Hmm. That's a great question, Ashley. Um, You know, right now, since you have one more year left of school, I would say hold tight and just keep saving money and make sure you get through college debt-free because I don't think you have any student loans is what you claim. So you say I have no other debt. Student loans are debt for those of you that might be confused. <laughs> <FYI>. so, <laughs> so hopefully, Ashley, you don't have that. So I would say to just to stay put, get through school, 
make sure that you graduate debt free. And then once you graduate and you kind of make that transition to where you're going to be, then I would plug in your savings, which will be more than 18,000 at that point, hopefully. And or I'm sorry, more than 20,000. And I would automatically pay off the car. But I don't think I would drain my savings account down yeah. uh, to $2,000 as a college student because your number one goal right now is to get through school debt free. Yeah, we want to. Yeah. And there's just unexpected expenses that can come up in college. I want to challenge the notion that I have to have a credit card to get online textbooks and that the sites only accept credit cards. I think that's kind of a common misperception. A lot of sites will say, like, enter your credit card here, but they typically still accept yes. debit cards, right? Like, yes. they still accept that. So um, I don't want anybody to hear that and think, oh, I have to have a credit card. I'll be limited if I don't have one. I have not found that in my experience, and I own zero no, credit it's, cards. Yeah, and it's usually, you know, with the processing and stuff, for the most part, I mean, obviously, if you hit debit, you got to put in a PIN number if you're there at the checkout. But I even run my debit card as a credit because right. I want it to run through Visa or MasterCard, whatever the, you know, whatever the little emblem is on my debit card to make sure that I have full protection as if it's a credit card transaction, even though the money's coming right out of my checking account because it's a debit card. So yeah, people get a little bit confused on that. But I, if it accepts a credit card, it will accept a debit card. Yes, there you go. Do you ever catch yourself at the store whenever the clerk is like, credit card? And I'm like, debit. <laughs> debit. Just, just so people know, I'm using my debit card. <laughs> but I do love that you're in college and you're thinking about the baby steps. Uh, just be intentional with that. You know, keep that savings. We're definitely not saying, you know, go spend it and don't care about it. But like Rachel yeah. said, keep building it because hopefully when you graduate, you'll not only be able to pay off that car straight away, but you'll also be able to have your fully funded emergency fund. And when you get your first job, immediately start investing. That would be the goal. All right, let's go back to the phones. Next up, we have Andy calling from Dayton, Ohio. Hey, Andy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for calling. Um, so my wife, my wife and I are about to have our second kid, and we're looking oh, forward congratulations. to Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, honey. Happy birthday, Andy's we're wife. Looking for, <laughs> we're looking forward to having a third kid shortly after. So the question is kind of centered around in about two years from now, we're looking to kind of move into our forever home. So my question is, I've got about 38000 left in student loans, but I also have about 250000 in my 401k. So um, the, the variable interest rate just went up to like 8.8% .8 or something crazy high on the student loans. Um, but given the fact that I'll have a really good pension and my 401k is on pace to be around $2 million when I retire, is it completely frowned upon to maybe borrow 30 k against the 401k to pay off the student loans? So then when we're looking to move into our house in a couple of years, we'll be completely debt-free and that 401k will be paid back. Yes, it is frowned upon, Andy, here. Yeah, no, I would not borrow against my 401k. I would not. How much do you make a year? 120. Okay, Andy, pay off your student loan. You guys could take 18 months and pay this off. 18 months, you could pay, you could 14, 12 months. You guys could pay this off. Yeah, well, you know, we're growing our family and we've got other expenses. You know, we're just in a new house now. Um, and we're just trying to think about how to free up some liquid in a couple of years from now when we move into our forever okay, home. Okay, I don't want you to move into your forever home with debt. Do you have any? Do you have any savings besides retirement? Uh, we've got about eighteen thousand right now. Okay. So here's here's what I would do, Andy. Since you called the Ramsey Show, we're going to give you the the Ramsey <laughs> advice 
Uh, and I would throw $17,000 there at your student loan. And then you got 21000 left on it. Pay it off this year, Andy. And then you guys save up, get a big emergency fund, then save up for a down payment and then move into your dream home where you're not you're not broke. You know, you, you, you don't have debt. You have cash in the bank. You're not borrowing from your 401k. And you have the ability then to really step into your home and be like, okay, yeah, we we have this like very, very solid financial foundation under us in order to do that. And so I think the the problem, especially with student loans and Christina, you can probably speak on this, is it's so it, it's a bigger debt usually from people. And it's so normalized that it kind of can become a little bit apathetic of like, uh, I don't know, it's just here and this is what it is. And it's not this like intense, like get this thing out of my life. Yeah, well, I mean, culture's told us that it's normal. Culture tries to make it seem like it's what everybody takes out for college and that you're going to have it for the next 15 to 20 years. And that does not have to be true. We see it every day here at Ramsey, people tackling the student loan debt and not carrying it around like a puppy for the next 15 years. Like you can get rid of these student loans. And Annie, I know you want to do it, but um, you're talking about your 401k and you're talking about the 250 and how it'll be 2 million in retirement. But the problem is when you start pulling from your 401k, it's kind of a slippery slope, right? Like it's easy to go, okay, we'll just pull from it. It's going to be fine and we'll pay off the student loans. And then, you know, you have another baby and things are, there are more expenses here. And then all these things can start pulling, popping up. And then you're not on track to $2 million in retirement. And, and it's just getting kind of messy. So we would definitely not recommend pulling pulling from that. And if you leave your job, you have to pay it immediately back. I mean, like there's just there's a lot of risk there involved. And so I would not, yeah, I would not touch your 401k, Andy. I would cash flow this because you guys have the money. You're able to do it. You have a great income. You have savings. And so it's just it, it from the Ramsey baby steps, you're just it feels like you're doing things a little bit out of order, right? And so I just want to get you back to that clear path because we have found with this plan, I mean, it, we can't argue it because literally millions of people have done it and they have done the steps and it is the quickest way from point A to point B to not only get control of your money, but to build wealth long-term. And so keeping this debt around is stopping you from that. And so I would I would throw everything at the debt that you have now, except for $1,000. You guys aggressively pay it off. And then, um, well, you guys are expecting, Andy, you said that, right? I'm sorry, you, you guys are about to have a baby. Yes, next month. Okay, next month. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me let me backtrack just a second. I would pause. Wait, wait a month. Make sure baby and mom come home and everything. And then once they're back, everything is good. Everyone's healthy. Then that's when I would start paying off the student loan debt with your savings. You guys attack it and then save up an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses, a down payment on the dream home. And I would I would keep going. And I promise, it. What this also does. What this also does, Andy, is when you don't owe anyone anything, not only mathematically, financially does it get you ahead faster, but you sleep at night. The amount of anxiety that you just don't have when you have savings in the bank, you don't have any payments, you're not trying to borrow from this thing to that thing, it is clean. And there is something about our level of anxiety that we carry around as we're kind of you know, going through the motions of money and the way that the world works. And I'm telling you, if you do something that is so not is so weird, which is what I'm telling you to do, I know mathematically you're like that doesn't really make sense. I'm telling you're going to get a different result than what the world has, and it's peace, financial peace, and that's what we want for you. So, uh, hang on the line, Andy. I'm gonna have Emily pick up because I want you and your wife to go through Financial Peace University while while you got a newborn. 
with you guys <laughs> and you're not sleeping at night, turn us on and go through this class though. Because for real, getting the basics of this is really, really important and follow it and just follow it because it works. Yeah, and it may not be easy. It may be a season of sacrifice, but remember, it's just a season. You will get through it. We'll be right back. This is The Ramsey Show. show. I'm Ramsey personality Christina Ellis, joined today by my co-host and friend Rachel Cruz. We're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. Next up, we have Jason calling from Boise, Idaho. Hey, Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, Christina and Rachel, how are you guys doing? We're doing well. How can we help? Well, real quick, I just want to say I appreciate um, Ramsey. Ramsey used to be a uh, four-letter word in our house, and now it's almost the term of endearment, <laughs> uh, if that makes any sense. I'm glad it changed. I'm glad it changed for it you. It has. <laughs> My wife and I, have been, we've been budgeting. We've been doing really good. Awesome. And we just in the last year, um, we have really gotten intense and started um, getting kicked off at debt. Um, we paid off her car uh, just a couple months ago, and we're, we're, snowballing, we're snowballing the next debt. But here's the dilemma and the question. Um, my wife is a realtor, and uh, she just sold her first house um, this, uh, just a few weeks ago. And with the economy and inflation and everything, um, her and I were talking about, you know, where's that money going? And, of course, I want to pay off the credit card. It, it would completely make it go away. Um, and she wants to possibly beef up the, um, the emergency fund um, for just-in-case and I just want your guys' thoughts on that. Okay, so share some numbers with us, Jason. What? How much will she be bringing home from her commission? And congrats to her uh, on the first house. That's exciting. Close, close to twelve thousand. Nice. And how much is the credit card? Um. Well, the the, the next one is about seven seven thousand. Okay. And what else, What other debt do you guys have? We have a couple more credit cards. I okay. mean, in total, we got about. What are they separately? So you have a seven thousand, a. Um, a nine thousand and a ten thousand. Okay, and any other debt, debt, or it's just these credit cards. Um, and my my uh, my truck payment, my truck um needs to be. How much is it paid off eventually? I owe seven thousand on that. Seven thousand. Okay. Um, and she and and you you guys have this the thousand dollar emergency fund. Yes. Okay. Um, let me say this, Jason. I understand where she's coming from. And just so you mm-hmm. hear from a, from a woman's perspective, one sure. of the greatest, the number one financial fear among women is financial insecurity. It's like that that feeling yeah. of it. exactly what she said. If something happens, are we going to be okay? And so how much mm-hmm. do you bring in? I know she's she's selling houses. What do you bring in a month? Um, about 30, 3,800 a month. Okay. So here's where I, if you were, if 
Yes. I'm, th- I'm putting myself in your wife's shoes because I understand, even though I teach this and we talk about baby step one, which we're going to get to that in a second, where her fear is coming from is very real and very true. But also mm-hmm. it can be magnified because of the what we're hearing from the news, from Facebook, from family, from friends about how the entire economy is going to collapse and we're uh, we're all screwed and oh my gosh, what's going to happen? You know, that feeling. And then you go to the grocery store and you're like, crap, I'm paying so much for eggs and like, you know, things are more expensive. So all of that mm-hmm. it comes into play. So what I would do is sit down with her and just say, hey, here's the plan that we're working. And if something were to happen, which this is what we teach, you pause the debt snowball and you beef back up the emergency fund for the thing that happens, right? If there's um, a roof that leaks or there's a medical, something happens, you pause mm-hmm. the debt snowball, continue to pay minimum payments, <clears throat> and then you fix the emergency of where it's at. So so it's not like you guys are going to you know, go under or something. You're able to pause and be able to beef right. up that emergency fund if needed to pay for the emergency. So that always kind of gives me comfort knowing, okay, mm-hmm. if something were to happen, we're not going to just continue to to pay on this debt while the roof is falling in or so you know what I mean whatever the the scary thing is um so that's helpful and then a little bit of that fear of like oh it's only a thousand dollars let's get out of debt so much faster it's a little bit of that motivator to push through and pay it off Mm -hmm. that much faster yeah Yeah. that's that's part of it it's supposed to be uncomfortable for this season like that's that's just part of it you want to get rid of it you're the gazelle running from the cheetah like it's it's scary and honestly, I have, um, I, I started, I'm in property management and last summer I bought a pressure washer to, to go out and pressure wash houses. I mean, I'm hustling, you know, 60, 70 hours a week in the summertime, um, just so I can continue kicking debt's butt. So I can always work harder and still pay off debt without, you know, using that $11,000 and just putting it in a cushion. I don't, I, I don't want to do that. No. Yeah. And I, and I wouldn't because you guys are going to be able to knock. I mean, you're going to be able to pay off your truck. I mean, like there's things that you, you guys can do with this money that, again, is efficient and getting you guys that much yeah. closer to being debt free. So have you guys gone through Financial Peace University together? We, we did um, through our church. Um, okay. Matter of fact, I even helped facilitate it the, oh, the, awesome. the second year. Um, but for the longest time, we were just learning budgeting and learning to, to operate, you know, our our um, our our budget. And just in the last year, we finally started getting intense and getting mad. Have y'all kind of mapped out how long it's going to take to pay off this debt? Like what is your projected payoff date? We haven't, honestly, no, we haven't uh, mapped it out like that. I would encourage you to do that because I think, I think for your wife, especially with the, the concerns and the fear around not having an emergency fund, that is real, but hopefully seeing a finish line that can really help you drive harder and faster. It's like, we can say the why, but if it feels like, you know, this season may last forever, we don't know when it's going to end. That can feel really hard, but to see, you know, a definitive point where it's like, this is going to be paid off in, you know, a year or 18 months. Yeah. Jason, if she sells two more houses... You guys are debt free at the oh, same. The, you know what I'm saying? So like you're 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 so <laughs> yeah. y'all are close. You're you're gonna you're gonna get there. You're gonna get there. Yeah. Okay. Keep it up. You're doing it. You're doing you a great job. Just stay the course. Yeah, I are. know this is the time where it can be intimidating. Yeah, and it can be scary. And I would encourage her too to to um, you guys are budgeting together, which I'm thankful for, and to focus on what's going on in your household because again, a lot of this fear that we're seeing out there, um, some of it is very real that's you know pertaining to your household but sometimes 
it is just so magnified in our heads because it feels like everyone else is freaking out. So I should be the one freaking out too, right? So you want to you calm that fear down with a lot of facts as well. And that's what Christina was saying, even mapping out your debt snowball and seeing it visually is so helpful to be like, oh, okay, okay, it, this isn't forever. We're not saying that have $1,000 in the bank for the rest of your life. No, 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 you're gonna be bulking that up soon. <laughs> but all of that intensity and all that focus to get this debt out of your life changes the game. Yeah, and it's good. It sounds like you guys are pretty close to the same page, but there is that little bit of tension and, and she wants it too. But Rachel, what would you say? There's so many people I feel like that call who their spouse is like totally on a different page. Maybe their spouse is like, no, crypto's the next thing. Or like <laughs> Ramsey's still a four-letter word in their house. What would yeah. you say to that that husband or wife who's trying to speak to the other and and get them to kind of come over a bit? Yeah, well, you know, m- money is usually never about money. I mean, mm. like a lot of the stuff. And so there's issues underneath that that I would want to get at. And so, you know, for some of you that have been listening and you're huge fans of the show and you're so hardcore sometimes you're the problem and you go to your spouse <laughs> and you're like oh my gosh we have to do this we have to do this we have to do this we, and then if your spouse is like whoa whoa you're like you're not on board you know I mean sometimes <laughs> it's like the legalistic person is the one that you're like you you need to chill and actually like have a relational bone in your body to relate to your spouse so sometimes mm. it's this feeling of like you're trying to control me and the spouse feels controlled so what's your approach? You know, what, you know, how are you doing that? And then the opposite is true, right? There can be, we've heard this a lot, the spouse that's just like, no, I deserve to spend what I want to spend. I don't want to be accountable to anyone. And that's a level of immaturity. And that immaturity is going to show in other parts of your marriage and your life, not just your money. And that's the problem we want to get at, right? So like there's yes. usually underneath that, there's there's some there's some underlying things, whether it's fear, immaturity, control issues, like whatever the thing is, getting underneath that layer to say, okay. Because what we teach is not, well, it is crazy in the world. It it is not normal. But also when you look at it, it's like, live on less than you make. If you don't have the money, don't buy it. (laughs) Like, like it's it's really not that crazy, right? I mean, it really is just common sense. And so uh, I think that's part of it too, is, is plugging your ears on all this get rich quick stuff, all this thing that feels easy because common sense and actually doing the work and persevering is hard. It is hard work, but you get the results. That's what's key. That's so good. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back soon. It's Rachel Cruz. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.